3: Liberty waves, coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to, America. to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
1: Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots! Welcome to the Chris Anne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to the show, my husband, JC Hall, where we endeavor to bring to you the current events from a constitutional and principled perspective. And we want to bring to you, and I think JC's on board with me on this, I'm pretty sure is, we want to bring to you the stuff that you should be hearing about, that you're not hearing about, because the media is stuck in impeachment mode. And I hope that, you know, J.C., I endeavor to really, really bring forward these principles, not just words for me, right? I want people to understand the principles and the rights that are at stake here. And what we are talking about today is a fundamental right under assault. This is the issue of parental rights. Now, this ought to be a big deal to us here in America because in America, forever, parental rights have been seen as a, as, as a fundamental right of the parent. There's a globalist change to shift from parental rights to children's rights. We see that in the UN uh, Bill of Rights, the UN uh, Manifesto, this no longer recognition that parents have rights to raise their children, but that children have rights, which in that transformation, J.C., it actually, is a denial of parental rights and the assertion of government in the role of parent. Right. Be- yeah. yeah, because what happens is, is with parent, when, when the child has the rights, then all of a sudden it's the government's role to determine what those rights are and to determine how to defend those rights irrespective of the rights of the parents. So there really is a non-existent right of parents in that political paradigm.
2: Yeah, because the government took control of raising them. Mm -hmm. uh, And then, you know, so they have to remove that that barrier, that obstacle for the children then to obey what they've been taught in
1: government schools. Right. And so, and, and most recently when the Chief Justice of the supreme court of south africa came to our church and spoke to us i had the opportunity to review the uh south uh, the south african constitution and in the south african constitution uh they actually establish like the un bill of rights the child's rights and not parental rights and we we actually came uh face to face with the application of that when the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of South Africa said, look, uh, you you can be angry all you want at the application of this Constitution, but this is what the Constitution of South Africa says. So if you don't like that and you want the restoration of parental rights, then you need to amend the Constitution. Yeah. But our Constitution does not give the federal government authority over parental rights right there's no enumerated authority for the federal government to have control over the parents and on the state level our the foundation of who we are has been since the beginning of america and i would simply say even before that because under british common law the parents had a fundamental right to raise their children in a manner consistent with the beliefs, a manner consistent with the, the, what the parent feels is right for the child. But because of the globalist influx and the loss of understanding in America about fundamental liberties and their platforms and who we are, right? We are now gravitating towards this globalist ideology that parents don't have rights. You know the Hillary Clinton it takes a village to raise a child, right?
2: Yeah, somebody that's funny you say that. Somebody just said it. if you believe it takes a village you better know who your fellow villagers are.
1: Right, exactly. But that's that's where we are, right? That Let me
2: test. I think I got the wrong knob on my sound. Okay. okay. Am, am I there? Test 1 2. That's is that me? That's
1: you. That's you. You keep I turning got, me think, up and turning no, you down. No, I think
2: I got swapped around. Is that better? Can you hear me? Can you hear me better now?
1: There we go. <laughs> there we I got go. Got
2: my knobs backwards. Knobs. Like I'm, I'm turning you down. or I'm
1: turning. JC's got his knobs anyway, backwards. Whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's some of the problems.
2: What's going on with the brainwashing of the
1: kids in the schools? Oh we got our knobs back. Drag queens. I think you need to turn dollars. me down a little bit.
2: <laughs> Whose knob is what? I don't know. Look, the pastor said uh with spout and without
1: without spout. Yeah. With spout
2: be how you figured out.
1: With yeah. spout? Without. With spout, without right. spout. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh, right. So the knobs are off. So back to our, 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 our subject on point here. Um, what we have is a situation now where parental rights are under assault. And the only way that can actually be facilitated, because children are children. They cannot be in charge of their own being. Right? I mean, that is a fundamental truth that we've acknowledged since, since children were created. So when you deny parental authority, you must then replace parental authority with some other authority. And that is inevitably the government. I know you hate that, the government. Who is the government? Mm -hmm. But that's the whole point. When you replace a parental authority over a child... You have to place in an authority within that vacuum. Within that vacuum comes government authority, and as nondescript as that is, right? That's exactly what it is. Whomever may be in authority and power at that moment. And it can change today and tomorrow, Yeah. right?
2: You you didn't mention Trump yet. Did you mention Trump?
1: No, I didn't mention Trump yet on my court, dude.
2: I, just, I don't know why the conversation went immediately to Trump.
1: Oh, come on, guys. Look, <laughs> I am Keep intentionally up. not mentioning Trump here today. If you're watching us on YouTube, let's not get tr- distracted by the conversation in the chat room. Let's please, please. <laughs> no, it was
2: just I'm one sorry. comment. I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. What, what are you talking about?
1: But you know that inevitably happens? Yeah. I, I I make some kind of post about something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, and then all of a sudden there's comments, well, Trump. And I'm like, Come on now. We're not talking about Trump today.
2: But it's in the comment is funny. I figure it wouldn't wouldn't be one to fall for the controlled opposition named Donald J. Trump. Yet we haven't even talked about Trump. But apparently uh, brother, lady, wh- whatever, uh, they can't hear any conversation without thinking Trump.
1: I don't know. As a matter of fact, this has nothing to do with Donald Trump. This is actually a 2016 uh, case that we're going to be talking about today. Uh, And uh, one of our Liberty First Brigade, Yvette on Twitter, who is actually big on parental rights, you know, she's involved in this. I have lots of scouts out there, JC. People who, who are within their wheelhouse, right? We have parental rights, we have medical kidnapping, we have uh, individual rights for medicines and herbals and stuff like this. Everybody out there has their own wheelhouse, but then they alert me when these issues come up so we can cover them on the show and talk about them and educate other people. So uh, especially when when they become about constitution issues, about individual rights, about personal liberties and stuff, then we can use these as the teaching tool it would be impossible for me to be inserted into every realm Mm -hmm. right so i am so grateful for our scouts out there that bring these things to our attention so yvette brought this to my attention on twitter and we're going to be covering this ninth circuit case can you believe jc and jc and i watched this case before the show i didn't want him to be blindsided about it because this is really this is absolutely a a stunning case, okay? Stunning, JC. Now that you've seen it, are you kind of shocked that these are Ninth Circuit judges? Uh, Ninth yeah, yeah, Circuit. Yeah,
2: yeah. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Too.
1: So when you, so once again, you have to let, let let's let's set aside the preconceived notions based on tribalism. Yeah, because I'm going to say to you Ninth Circuit, and you're already going to be like, "Oh, well, we can just imagine what they've got to say." Please set that aside, because I'm going to tell you that in this case, I actually agree with the Ninth Circuit tribunal. That's that's here. Well, I think they make sense.
2: I think what we've discovered, and I think this is important. What what we've discovered with studying the courts, uh, it's not a, a you know a whole court that like oh this whole court is liberal. What we've discovered is the court and judges on that court each have their sort of individual hobby horses and, and, and blind spots and whatever. So right. you can look at a given court, even the Ninth Circuit, and they'll be right and constitutional on one thing, mm-hmm. and then being crazy radical left, you know, unconstitutional on another thing. Right. So most courts uh, are not, you know, consistent across the board.
1: But the, one of the reasons, not only because I... Now,
2: now, I would say Ninth Circuit is more consistently left. Yes. But every now and again, on certain topics, mm-hmm. you surprisingly, and I still surprisingly, uh, find them to be right.
1: So, one thing... The rare Jew. I have been wanting to address the issue of parental rights for a long time. I've actually had things queued up along for the last two months or so. And something always bumps it. So, I'm glad to be here. But, excuse me. This case seems to me the quintessential example of what is wrong with lawyers, judges, and our judicial system today. Absolutely everything that I would probably identify as what's wrong with our system. And when we get back, we're going to get in-depth into this.
0: Liberty's, Liberty's lobbyist, Chris Ann Hall, has Hall now has taken now control.
1: Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Hey, don't forget to get your Liberty First Gear Best Thing uh, for Gift Giving all year round because JC and I are into the gift-giving thing all year round. We've got our Being Necessary, the Security of the Free, State" t-shirt. We've got our Got Liberty t-shirt. we got our Real Women of Courage, all kinds of great things that we can uh, use and identify to not only uh, pontificate but also to educate. And so I want to get straight into this because there's a lot of video here. And l- look, if you bear with me on this, uh, and I stop and start, it'll be because everything is working and I'm rebuking any interference in this issue. So we're going to try this. Ah, Jesus help us. Okay. So this is a ninth Circuit circus. I almost did it, right? (laughs) This is a ninth circuit case. And if you're watching this on YouTube, what you see now is the three judge drop tribunal,
2: the three ring circus.
1: And yes. And then uh, you also see standing in front of you now in the lower screen, the child protective services, the child protective services attorney, and uh, well, let me just go ahead and yeah, start her,
2: her right there on the bottom.
1: Right. So let me just go ahead and start playing this for you, uh, and and I'm going to stop and start it, and, and we're going to give you
3: comments. So here's a, here it goes. In terms of qualified immunity, as this court is aware, it's a two-prong analysis. The first being whether there is a constitutional rights violation that has been alleged, and the second prong being whether the uh, constitutional right was clearly established, such that our government actors um, know without doubt that what they are doing would be a violation of the law.
1: Okay, so let me pause here for just one second. If you are a longtime listener to uh, Liberty to to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, you understand qualified immunity is what government actors claim. Bars them for responsibility for their actions and so basically what it says is that hey there was a constitutional issue at risk here and Number two the government was on notice prior to their activity that what they were doing was wrong And if they were not on notice guess what then even though they did something wrong It's okay, and they get a pass, so let's
3: keep going. Um, The court is entitled to take these prongs in any order it perceives, and here...
1: The lady talking, by the way, is the Child Protective Services
3: attorney. Um, typically when we have um, the qualified immunity analysis and whether the law is clearly established, it is typically plaintiff's burden to come forward to this court and say, here is the case law. This is, this is what tells the, the state actors, the government actors, that they should have known better. It's clearly set forth in this case law. Which is interesting,
1: and I'm glad she put it this way, because that's probably the, the, the argument is that without case law, Government actors can't know not to do the right thing, right? They can't know that they're not supposed to do the wrong thing. So even though morally we find it wrong, even though, you know, whatever, we find it wrong, her argument is, and if you remember the Ninth Circuit case in Fresno where they said the cops could steal from people because nobody told them it was wrong, this is now her argument that, Because nobody told the CPS workers it was wrong to do what they did, then they are free from liability for their actions. And so what has happened is the CPS workers went and took children from biological parents, and now
3: she's trying to say, hey, uh, what they did was okay. In, right. in, in our matter here, it's interesting because the reverse has actually happened. This court has actually found that as of the date of the underlying conduct here in 2000, when... Um, you talk about
0: Kostanich? That is
3: Kostanich correct. Kostanich you know. deals
0: with foster care licenses and guardians, not natural...
1: The man's voice that you're hearing is, by the way, uh, one of the judges. So if you're not watching us on YouTube and you're listening to the radio show,
3: what you're listening to is one of the judges
0: children of parents.
3: Kostanich deals with the underlying liberty interest of a 14th Amendment claim, which is the for, same... For foster
2: parents, For foster though.
0: parents.
3: It's, that is true. A guardianship. And
0: guardianship, not natural parents. It seems to me that as early as the 1940s, the United States Supreme Court has held that there is an absolute liberty interest, a fundamental liberty interest that parents have in the care, custody and control of their children. That's been on the books forever. I, mean, I have a whole bunch of Supreme Court cases I can read from. That's just going to waste a lot of time. They have that fundamental constitutional right
3: and it cannot be impaired
0: without due process of law.
3: Now,
1: let me pause here for one second because we need to go into a break but what I want to be clear is when you when we're going through this listen to this you're going to hear this CPS government attorney simply cannot comprehend the difference between government as a parent and biological parents and that's part of this village mentality
3: as there again men and from every direction we cry you can't learn the easy way you'll learn the hard way
0: Chris and Hall she's Liberty's lobbyist
1: alright so here we go going back to our legal case now Let's, um, well, Chrisanne, there we go.
3: All right, here we go. <laughs> and the, where the qualified immunity analysis and the clearly established law plays into this is, do we have case law that tells us that- No, the- no, no. If you read, you've read
0: Help versus Pelter. That doesn't have to be case law.
3: Now let me stop there because
1: this is what's wrong with our judicial system, JC. This is how people now in legal minds are so dumb. She says, without case law, we can't know what we're doing is right or wrong. Now this is a Ninth Circuit judge who's saying, wait a minute, you're crazy.
0: Right. There can be other ways of showing that it's clearly established. Case law is not an absolute requirement.
3: It, it, is have additional. you read Help, Ver, Hope
0: versus Pelzer and all the other cases that talk about that?
3: Yes, Your Honor. Okay, there does not have to
0: be a case on all fours. It,
3: it, you're correct. It, correct. There does not have okay. to be a case on all fours. <laughs> all right. What
0: isn't clearly established here?
3: The fact that what, what's what Costanza says. What's not been clearly established in the year 2000 when this removal occurred was the idea that um, the right to be free from deliberately fabricated evidence in civil child abuse proceedings um, that result in the deprivation of a protected liberty interest the same liberty interest thats but it's not it the, the same
2: liberty, liberty interest because this was a par- parental liberty interest by the way I can't believe they continue to make that distinction it's just <laughs> yeah
3: yeah, yeah. That,
1: that was also beyond my comprehension so no, that
2: lawyer's thinking
1: yeah so let's just back this up for a second. Just for for those of you who do not understand legal speak, this CPS government attorney is trying to argue that CPS workers were not on notice that they could not lie and fabricate evidence in the courtroom to
2: kidnap a to, child
3: to take a child from their parents. Let's but this <laughs> the, the judges get this. The judges get this it, It's it's a biological versus foster. Parent. That's huge. Okay, so uh, once again, this is her disconnect. This is
1: the generation of people that we're raising. She says, look, this. what you're trying to make is a distinction between biological parents and governmental parents, when they're foster parents, whatever. And she's saying, look, when they're governmental parents, they have greater right than when they're biological parents.
2: Yeah, but it's still a strange thing. Of course, we're still dealing with the Ninth Circuit. It's still bizarre to me. Because we listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the lying and whatever. But but he keeps mm-hmm. they keep making the distinction about it's foster parents versus biological parents. As if to imply, and they never address this, but they seem to continue to imply over and over again. Uh, that maybe it would have been okay to lie yes, and yes. fabricate evidence if they were foster parents. Right, but you exactly. can't do that to real parents. Yes. Right. So it's a bizarre distinction yeah. that they're making. Okay. Ne- nevertheless, the judge ar- yeah. continues to argue yeah. about. You're saying they didn't know they could lock, couldn't lie? It's gigantic
0: in terms of what somebody could appreciate and, and understand. How in the world could a person in the position of, you know, we have to take the facts as they're pleaded in the light most favorable, so you know, we're not trying the case. But how could a person in the, in the shoes of your clients possibly believe that it was appropriate to use perjury and false evidence in order to impair somebody's liberty interest in the continued care, custody, and control of that person's children. How could they possibly not be on notice that you can't do that?
1: And she's going she's gonna to make an entire 23-minute argument there's about no case that, that there's no case law <laughs> that says that CPS workers cannot lie, cheat, and fabricate
3: to kidnap and steal children from their parents. I understand the. How
0: could they, how could that possibly be?
3: I understand the argument that it seems to be common sense and our ethical. It's more than and, common sense.
0: It's statutes that prohibit per- perjury and, and submission of false evidence in court cases.
3: State statutes. Are you telling me that. A- wait, wait,
1: wait. Pause that for just one second. State, State statutes. statutes. Okay, so this is more of, like I told you, this was absolutely the quintessential, it's like God delivered this court case on my front porch with a red bow on top. (laughs) So Ninth Circuit is federal court, and this is how our lawyers think, right? No, 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 wait, 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 this is state law, so that's not binding on us in federal court. State statute says you can't lie, steal, or cheat, but there's no federal case law that says you can't lie, steal, or cheat. Well, we can do that in the federal courtroom.
2: Yeah, but it's even more. I think it's more subtle than that. Also, it, it's it's there's a little different thing going on here because not just simply because remember the CPS, these are this are state workers, they're not right. federal workers. So what she's saying is. We're now in a different court mm-hmm. system. We're at the federal level. Right. And so now we can get away with this, right? Right. So this, that's their same mentality. We see how they, how they court shop. They shop yes. for judges. Yes. and And so now it's, let's move from the state system to the federal system. And now all that doesn't apply because there's no federal law that says we can't lie, and steal.
1: Right. And not only that, but, when, but once again, even though this is a state CPS department in California, we're in federal court. It's the recognition that, that there is, it's, it's almost as if there is no such thing as a state government, right? We are now in the high realm of the federal court and therefore there's nothing we can do about that, right? Okay, keep going.
0: That a person in your client's shoes couldn't understand you can't commit perjury in a court proceeding in order to take somebody's children away? Of course not, Your Honor. Of course no, not. Then
2: isn't the case over then? And the case is <laughs> over. Because it, well,
0: Kostanich is distinguishable in my view. How, how in the, Kostanich deals with a secondary care, you know, foster care. That's a there. whole screen. I know, isn't isn't right? Isn't the case over?
2: A, well, yeah. Okay then.
1: I know, right? got a three-judge panel telling you you're an idiot. Right? Okay, so it reminds me of that meme. Uh, what am I? I'm I'm an idiot sandwich. I'm an idiot sandwich.
0: Just yeah. Just lost. Real cho- real cho- just doesn't lost. Recognize
3: it. You know, pick Even up if your Kastanich And is Guardians
0: is the same thing.
3: Even if Kostanich is distinguishable. So I um, guess he does make is... he did make that
2: point right
0: there.
3: Mm-hmm. Even if Thus it's Foster Guardians. Cool.
1: He can't just lie
2: um, to take kids.
1: Yeah, you got to hear this. You got to hear this. Ready? She says, thus
3: far, we have not been provided with any Um, clearly established right that tells us that what our clients did, which is remove the children pursuant to a court order. No, but um, what
2: they're accused, they're accused of doing and what the order, issue what is do. here is committing perjury in a court to take away someone's children. And you just said that's obviously not okay to do.
3: And according to our moral compass and our ethical guidelines, but what we're here to decide is the constitutionality of it and we look to the courts.
2: You, to you, you mean, you mean.
3: Did you catch that?
1: We understand morally this is wrong, but constitutionally is it wrong? and we can't understand whether it's constitutionally wrong unless the courts tell us it's constitutionally wrong and the crazy thing is this uh, well never i, I i'm I, due process I'm is
0: somehow to... consistent with
2: a government official introducing perjured testimony and false how so is that con- that's it and that's his constitu- mm-hmm. a- his answer to yeah. her question is of constitutional, constitutional. Yeah. he's basically saying uh Due process is in the Constitution,
1: right? Exactly. So therefore,
2: that's what you violated, right. you know. So totally, and she, by the way, she keeps repeating this. She keeps saying it over and over until the end.
1: And I hope maybe this is an illustration of why Chrisanne Hall is always harping on due process. Why? Okay, here I am. Are you ready? Buckle in. That's why I'm talking about due process with Donald Trump, yeah. okay? That's why I'm talking about due process with NDAA. Because due process is the underlying fundamental issue of practically every inalienable <laughs> right in America, right? So so now I'm talking about due process, not Donald Trump, right? So not about Donald Trump, about due process. And I want us to understand that this is what this is. She's like... What's our constitutional right? No, it's not a constitutional right. It's a natural right to due process when the government goes to take anything from you. And I think the underlying misconnect for here is that she simply does not comprehend that parents have rights superior to government and children.
2: Old school says it's like one of those Holiday Inn commercials. I, I slept at a Holiday Inn last night, right? Last,
1: yeah. That's this yeah.
2: I'm not really <laughs> <Okay>. a lawyer. <laughs> yeah.
1: but
0: I slept, I'm Holiday not a lawyer,
2: Inn. but I slept at a Holiday Inn. Insisted.
0: I mean, I hate to get pumped She's up about off. this, but I'm, st- I'm just staggered by the claim that people in the shoes of your clients wouldn't be on notice that you can't use perjury and false evidence to take away somebody's children. That, to me, is mind-boggling.
1: Now, remember,
3: this is the Ninth Circuit, okay. the circuit, and we can all clap and say "Yay, yay, yay!" Right. In and in in. in In criminal proceedings, we know this to be true because that... No, no, criminal
0: proceedings, this is, it's court, it's a court proceeding with a liberty interest, a fundamental liberty interest at stake.
1: See, and this is another, she's like, well, the courts have been clear about criminal. law. She does not, look, this is the problem with law school. She absolutely does not get the fundamental aspects of due process. She can't comprehend this. She can't identify this she can't relate to this because we are not teaching these fundamental liberty processes in law school yeah
2: this is this is unreal and the, the links worried. that they go through to kidnap
1: it's yeah and, and and this is a fundamental this judge actually says we're talking about a fundamental aspect of Liberty parental rights and we're totally missing that today.
3: reverse side the state and you're telling us government.
0: that you're telling us that these officials who do this all the time couldn't be on notice that you can't commit perjury and put in false evidence.
3: I understand broadly the principle that um, common sense tells us that lying is wrong and lying to... Yeah, but it's more than sense. common
0: sense. We're not using common sense. We're using the statutes, for example. Again,
3: It is against the law to perjure <laughs> yourself in you're, a courtroom!
2: You're aware that there is a law against that, aren't you, Counselor? Against <laughs> this <laughs> kind of behavior.
3: I. I don't, I, I was not presented, I have not been seen any federal law, case law, or law that tells me that in this situation that we were faced in, uh, Look is what we have well, to say your, say your clients
0: uh, hired six people to be actors.
3: Now, he's about
1: to give a, a scenario, but I just want to point out here. She says, I've not been presented with any federal case law that tells me Perjury is wrong when you're stealing. And to
0: go into court and say, we're neighbors and we saw all this terrible stuff. And then your clients presented those witnesses in court. You're telling me that they would have no reason to believe that you can't do that because there was no federal case that says you can't bring actors into court to swear falsely against somebody.
3: But again, here we're appealing to sort of a broader sort of. definition of what is a clearly established right. I mean, we have to find the clearly established right in the this is the one thing that that I don't get. He's already said parental rights are a clearly
1: established right. And she's like we need to understand the clearly established right. Uh, we'll be right back. I'm
3: only a
1: Welcome back to the Chris Hall Daily Journal. This is our last segment today and uh, there's so much more to this case. So much more, but the argument still goes on ad nauseum, right? Her argument that uh, that the CPS workers who number one uh fabricated evidence mm. committed perjury in the courtroom are somehow not liable for taking these children un- under false pretenses because nobody told them it was wrong yeah and we can't use a moral standard we cannot use a common sense standard because obviously in this attorney's view common sense is not applicable in the courtroom right? Mm, right her dismissal of common sense proves that we don't need to use common sense in the courtroom we can't think unless a judge says we can now, what's interesting is later on, and I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to upload this to YouTube and I'm going to put a link within our show notes so you can watch it. It's 23 minutes long. I want you to watch this. This is the quintessential case of what is wrong with our judicial system today, what's wrong with the way we train lawyers, what's wrong with the way we think, okay? She she doesn't understand. Once again, in this case, JC, she articulates beautifully what I've been trying to say forever that these lawyers and judges were raising up, well, the judges get it, but the, the lawyers that were raising up do not understand the difference between legislatively created laws and judicial opinions. She actually refers to a judicial opinion as changing the law of the land. And praise God that these Ninth Circuit judges say, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, when legislative statute changes, legislative statute—we're not talking about that. You're getting that wrong.
2: You—you you think she looks like such an incompetent lawyer because, like, it's—it's it's an untenable case, and she's having to grasp her straws and argue something stupid. Or she—you think she's really that?
1: Okay. I, terrible. I—I—you I, know. <laughs> it's like, hard to
2: separate that.
1: It is hard to separate. And that. I'm with, I don't I'm know with
2: John. How been. somebody can sleep at night? Yes. And having. Try to defend this kind of garbage. Exactly.
1: Now, what's even crazier, J.C., is this is a 16-year-old case.
2: Yeah, and they're still fighting. These parents
1: have been fighting CPS for 16 stinking years. So what's even worse is that the Child Protective Services in California, who, by the way, has deep pockets, so deep they're practically no bottom to them whatsoever, has drug this this family threw court for 16 years on this ridiculous argument. On, I mean, seriously, you've got the. Okay, look, you know it's bad when the Ninth Circuit is saying to you, "Are you crazy? Right? Are you? Do you not understand fundamental liberty when the Ninth Circuit is saying that?" By the way, later on in the video, the father's attorney steps up and says, "Um." Uh, by the way, Your Honor, there actually is a, floor, a, a California <laughs> right. statute that says you can't lie, steal, or cheat in order to take children. Yeah. And and the judge is like, no. really, really? And the judge says, okay, what do you say to the CPS attorney, what do you say about this law? She says, oh, well, that's state law. It doesn't apply here in the federal courtroom.
2: Yeah. Even though you're talking about a case that was state that case. That was a state like case. Like the law, and it's kind of the judge is trying to say, the, the law applied to your clients mm-hmm. that they couldn't do what they did. Isn't does that have no bearing on the case? Uh, well, uh, you know, as I said, we don't have a we don't have a law in front of
1: us. So, as your, uh, back to your question, J C, was she just simply attempting to zealously represent her client, and she knew the ridiculous nature of her argument? I think there's a point in that video where you can see through her behavior and the tone of her voice that she believes what she's saying. And I don't you call back, she says, Well, you know, Your Honor, I don't see that. You remember when she said something like that? And it was the tone of her voice and her body language, she's like, No, I I really believe she believes that. And one of the pieces of evidence that I have that really makes me think she believes what she believes is because I know what they're teaching in the law schools today. Well, and the fact that— That's it, what they're teaching.
2: And the fact that you're still pushing it 16 years later. At some well, point in the even process— Even
1: her boss could force yeah, her I to was gonna say, that.
2: But, but at some point in the process, if there was any ethical anybody in the process, somebody like, would say, come on, this, this is a losing case we're not going to keep fighting this you guys i mean that should happen initially you guys got caught we
1: can't do this. so keep watching the impeachment hearings keep being droned and drugged into apathy and and sleep over the impeachment hearings or watch the chris ann all daily journal and find out what's really really important god bless you guys we'll see you next time